Hello and welcome to the Alchemist Inkwell. <laughs> this is your spiritual podcast for grounded people. I'm Emily. And I'm Crystalline. <laughs> uh, and between us, we have a lot of experience with psychic work, mediumship, astrology, mythology, tons of really fun stuff, uh, energy healing. And we're going to be focusing on that today. But apparently first, Emily has a rapid fire astrology question. Yeah, yeah. So here's my astrology question. Obviously, our moon affects us, but then Saturn, Jupiter, whatever, they have tons of moons. Do those moons affect us? Because those moons are oftentimes larger than even our planet. Okay. So, and that's a really great point. Um, but the way it works is in traditional astrology, and this there's two parts to this, because I know immediately people are gonna be like, but we can see the moons too. The typical thing was these planets moved. Right? right. You look up in the sky, you see wandering stars. Every other star is a fixed star because it's not moving right. from our perspective. So they saw these wandering stars and they were like, okay, their movement is kind of like the energy of a God. It's corresponding with something happening here. There's an energy or a spirit or, you know, angels that are assigned to that from the greater creator, monad, God, spirit, however you want to refer to that. And so they thought, if I can track these guys and see how it works out here, um, a really great aside is when we were, when Uranus was first discovered, it was in like 18, I think 60 something, um, Uranus was being really studied. And this one astrologer saw Uranus transit in his chart and he decided not to go out that day because they had an assumption that Uranus was chaotic um, and, you know, just like unpredictable. And it turned out at the hour that he had predicted, his house caught on fire and burned down. And he was so stoked, he saved his notebook just so he could jot everything down and like really study how that turned out in his life. Um, but he stayed home to avoid incident. And then yeah, his house- that's not how that fire. works. <laughs> yeah, but he was more excited about the discovery than he was upset about the house. So, you know, Uranus is, is kind of our borderline one because you can't see Uranus from right. earth. You need a telescope. You need a telescope for Uranus, Neptune, and for Pluto, and for a lot of the asteroids and stuff like that. And Uranus, sometimes when Uranus is very close to earth, you can catch a glimpse. So he, of course, unpredictable, can do what he yeah. wants. But um, as far as their moons, I think in the lore of astrology, the explanation might be, if I like channeled in William Lilly, it might be that since those moons are governed by that planet, they are answering to that planet. And so part of what that planet is giving us is from those moons anyway. Uh -huh. So they're kind of the state of the phases of their moons and stuff is affecting the planet, which affects us. And I think okay. because there's so many tiny little factors, we just say, okay, you're this book of information. We're going to take the whole book instead of chapter by chapter by chapter by chapter and trying to piece it together. Yeah, uh, it is. I mean, not, it also feels combust because technically yeah, they're always yeah. in conjunction from our perspective. In a, yeah, in a sense, especially because the planets are so big out that right. far. Um, it's not a, a particular topic of discussion in the astrological community because right now, um, you know, traditional astrologers where I would kind of I would fit in probably the most with my knowledge base. We're focused uh -huh. primarily on those original seven, Saturn and inward, trying right. to make sure that we're uh, remembering what people before us said and what they recorded so that we can apply it to the future. Then you have, because there was kind of a gap where we didn't have texts, there was this astrology that sort of survived, but was not original to the like other stuff and was in, trying to incorporate those transpersonal planets. So the astrology of sun signs and evolutionary astrology and 
harmonics, there's a bunch of astrology um, branches. They might have a different thing, especially people who really love to work with asteroids. If we're going to treat moons of another planet like asteroids, they would add nuance to a situation. So it'd be okay. like the adverb of the sentence rather than the subject. Because hmm. I just know that some of those moons, like not to debate this, because again, I know very little about comparison with you but just it's interesting to me because i know the moons of those planets all have different orbits themselves and i've seen mm -hmm. those images of like the moons of jupiter and some have really wide out orbits which yeah. you would think those planets being as big or as or those moons being as big or larger than us having an orbit so far from jupiter would at some point give us a pull or a mm -hmm. kick, you know, like, cause they are yeah. kind of big outliers, but. And on that point though, we focus on our moon so much because it's close to us. It's yeah. a personal thing. So the closer to us, something is the more personal we feel it. And so if you think about the other planets that have moons, they're farther mm -hmm. away and have totally. moons. So we're already not feeling them as personally with the exception of uh, Mars is considered a personal planet. I know Mars has a moon. Um, I believe mm -hmm. it's Cirrus. But uh, Jupiter and Saturn are way out there. So yeah. we're already saying like their changes affect us on a society level rather than mm -hmm. a personal daily level. So again, if we have to track years up to decades or you know at least three to five year cycles or something to be able mm -hmm. to see the difference, those moons are somewhere in there as a blip yeah. event. So we're Absolutely. gonna just say that was part of this um, and we may not pick them out, yeah. Is that just intriguing. Yeah. I mean, I think so. I, mean, I just, yeah. Thank you for letting me think. This is a question that like popped into my mind out of nowhere. I and mean, we were going to talk about it right before we got on. I was like, no, I'll save it for the podcast. Yeah. Cause I don't know. I'm intrigued. I was just like, you know, half of them, I don't even know the names. There's like 14 moons of Saturn or whatever. <laughs> There's so many. Um, so, but I know they're big or not all of them are big. Some of them are significant. And so I was just wondering if that like mattered, but it does make sense because they would basically be combust most of the time anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And most of my knowledge base comes from sources from like 200 or somewhere around the BC AD shift <laughs> into mm -hmm. 1700 AD. Um, so that's where a lot of my stuff comes in. You do, and of course, Uranus and Neptune and Pluto were discovered after that fact. Yeah. Poor Pluto, we haven't even had him for like a full century yet. I think we're getting close, but we haven't known he was there that whole time. And he already just can't hold the, the status. No, so. it's so indicative of how Hades and Pluto is in mythology yep just the outlier yeah uh-huh not allowed on the mountain which is just beautifully yeah. ironic and also poor guy I know I know he just Pluto's does paperwork about dead people like that's his job he's gotten vilified he's gotten shunted to the side like all these horrible things yeah yeah poor I guy. have very personal Pluto placements and I have done a lot of thinking and ch channeling with Pluto mm -hmm. to be perfectly honest and uh, it's one of my favorite, one of my favorite energies of uh, of all of them. Yeah. So to start it off, there we are. Um, we got some fun astrology stuff going on today. We're also going to talk a little bit about inner child healing and doing some of that um, stuff. One of the things our patrons voted on was um, incorporating the energy of fun. And we like that idea and we really wanted to talk about that. But with the astrology of right now, with the season of right now, um, it felt more aligned to talk about like inner child work and healing, which is partly incorporating fun, but also yeah. kind of incorporating you into it, I guess is the best way I can describe it. Truly the first step in incorporating fun is allowing yourself to be a child again. But if you're running mm -hmm. from that inner child, 
So we really are, we're just starting from the source. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll probably do another topic on like fun things to do later, but let's help you heal first, which is again, right on topic with one of the other unique and interesting, um, astrological things that's happening this week. Before we dive into that though, a couple housekeeping mm-hmm. things. Um, first right. housekeeping thing, we have a couple spaces left for the forgotten storytellers. It is filling up very quickly. We would love to, for you to submit your pitch on that. Um, also, we understand we've talked about this every episode for like a month. So we totally understand. You might be like, okay, but if you have the little inkling in the back of your head, now that we are passing the solstice, I think you're going to have a lot of energy to want to submit that if you were kind of on the fence of it before. So we hold space for you. We would love for you to check that out. If you want just more information about the program in general, um, testimonies, all of that jazz, ForgottenStorytellers.com is where you're going to go, is mm-hmm. where you're going to go. Um, the second housekeeping thing, we just want to say thank you to all our patrons. You guys are awesome. Um, we posted our bonus video this past week there about making pomanders, and a lot of you found a lot of benefit there. So we appreciate it. Um, if you guys want access to all of our past bonus videos, we have done some really, really cool ones. Krista did a whole video on like Braharai um, and doing a charm. I'm sorry if I'm using this word wrong spell, whatever from yeah. Braharai. Yeah, I think it's um, considered a charm for uh, dispelling negative energies. Yeah, uh, we did a card poll for last month. This month, obviously, we talked about making pomanders. We have a lot of fun content in there, um, as well as an ability to ask us questions that we answer at the end of the episodes, um, voting on episode topics, we get your episode early, bunch of fun stuff. We also put very recently, which is something I really wanted to announce, a list of all of our high vibration book recommendations are now located in our Patreon. Some we've talked about on here, some we've not talked about on here. Um, and we put them all on a document. And as we go, we're going to keep modifying and adding to that document to make sure that we keep having a running list of very valuable book recommendations that will help you heal and activate um, in the highest and best way. So all of that stuff in Patreon. If you'd like to join, we'd love it. It'd be great. <laughs> um, yeah, those are our main two housekeeping things. Is there another housekeeping thing? I feel like there's another thing I'm forgetting. No, I think, I think that's everything for now. I am going to be doing at the new reading. year. At the new year, yeah. we have a, an exciting announcement we're going to be making, but we'll wait on that one for next week. I was just going to say, we got a, we got a little ways on that anyway. So mm-hmm. hold on that one. I'm going to be doing a group reading. If you want a group re- or a reading about what this next year is going to hold for you, I'm offering a group reading as a space for that on the 30th. Um, tickets should be available at the time of this posting. So if you want to hop in on the reading with me, um, this is the way you don't have to wait six months. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Um, and that's on my website. It's only Dexter Psychic um yeah I think that's it I think we're good I just wanted to hit those up front um yeah. because because we're going to be getting this... channel on this one I can tell me too um that's I think why I was like I got the ping yeah. we need to we need to come up front with those because we're not going to talk about them later um because I think we're going to get real channel in this one so talk to us I know it's a new moon let's talk about the astrology of the new moon that's coming up okay so the astrology of the new moon um this is a new moon in her detriment uh because the mm. moon is dignified in cancer when she's the opposite of cancer in Capricorn. Um, Mm -hmm. she is considered in detriment, but don't worry because we're going to have a full moon in cancer on January 6th. So, you know, everything comes in cycles, but this full or this new moon in cancer is going to be, um, square Jupiter who will have just gotten into Aries. Mm-hmm. So we're getting this, like this push to like, make something happen. One of the reasons it's not necessarily like, Oh, my moon's crappy because it's in Capricorn. No, your moon's just not in her natural element. 
So it may not act like the moon that we all expect the moon to act like, right? It's not this um, mothery, uh, watery, emotional kind of thing. It's in the earth. It's looking at the foundations. It's looking at, in this case, I might even throw it into like ancestry. Um, because you know Capricorn, ancestry. Yeah, 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 Capricorn really talks about history and stability and things that are made to last and all of those situations. And of course, I will be posting horoscopes for each rising sign on TikTok and on Instagram, so you'll be able to see like what that means for you in a way there. Um, but in general, what we're looking at is this moon that is very Saturnian. And of course, Saturn in the chart being sort of the, I like to think of like the ruler of different placements in the chart as sort of the um, chaperone on a field trip. So if you think Aww. about rulerships, right, you think about the moon is in Capricorn. Well, who's the moon's chaperone or who's the moon's patron right now? This is just another random question because it's a 90s kid thing, but I just would love to throw this in there. Which of the planets would you qualify as Miss Frizzle's style of chaperoning? Uh, that would be either Mercury or Uranus. I just, yeah, in traditional, we'd probably throw that into Mercury's territory. Um, in more modern, I would say that's probably a bit Uranian, uh, you know, chaotic good. <laughs> yeah, chaotic Sorry, good. Sorry, uh, just the Except image I got kid. is like Miss Frizzle with all the little planets in her like bus. Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah. I need to now ask. Yeah, if you had to place that to just one planet, there's, um, there's like aspects that we've actually, um, because there's a lot of 90s kids astrologers now. So there were aspects of um, like Mercury and Mars or Mercury and other things that come up and we're like, this is Miss Frizzle. So it gives off that vibe. Hey, love um, that. So yeah, I just wanted yeah. to so see. You're looking, you're looking at Saturn as the chaperone though. So Saturn, oh, for lack of, of doing Saturn more justice is Trunchbull. <laughs> for, oh, for right. Oh, that's so mean. I know. But if you think about it, you gotta be like that as I'm overemphasizing, trust me, Saturn and Aquarius is, um, a little bit more inquisitive, but we have the, we're dealing with Capricorn. So we okay. are in the more like we're, we're, our feet are, you know, when you stand on the beach and the water comes in and your feet sink in more and more and more, or when you stand yeah. like there are bogs in Ireland, and if you stand in them, you slowly sink a little bit. We're yeah. standing in a bog in Ireland as the moon right now. So there's this watery, earthy thing going on and it's hard to move. It's hard to have the gumption to want to get up and do stuff. So we're really assessing and we're getting a little bit critical with, um, you know, ourselves. So the mm -hmm. way that we can take this energy and instead of being critical or down on ourselves, we can look at the Saturn in Aquarius and say, how can I take a little bit more of that energy and look forward and say, I'm going to take the accountability of Capricorn and start building another Capricornian word, a regimen for myself that mm -hmm. supports my future self, that supports my longevity, that builds over time into something successful. So one of the things that I've said about this is it's really beginning new cycles of self-awareness and self-reliance, not about persecuting yourself in a sense of like, oh, I'm not good enough for this. I'm not good enough for that. I should be doing better. Take the shoulda, coulda, wadas out, out of the equation. As you've said before, Emily, stop shooting yourself or shooting on yourself. I guess it's funny. Stop shooting on yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, so we don't want to be doing that. What we want to be doing is saying, what matters to me? What do I believe in? Why do I believe in it? So Saturn in Aquarius is like, what do you believe in? How are you going to make that happen? The Capricornian moon is like, how do I feel about that? Why do I believe in it? Why is it important to me? And I've noticed a lot of people, especially over this Mars retrograde have been like, I don't understand what's meaningful to me anymore. And I'm trying to figure that out. Particularly if you're Libra rising, you're like going through, um, 
worldview, religion, spirituality kind of questioning and like discovery in that sense. And you're starting to question stuff you used to know and things that you just accept because somebody else said so. And now it's like, okay, but what does that mean for me? And what do I do with it? And where does that lead me? It's not just, what does it mean for me? Oh, yay, dopamine. I feel special. It's what does it mean to me? What does it mean for my life and how am I using it? Yeah. And so that's where Saturn really comes into that power that comes along with Saturn saying, I am built to last. So you can either be a stick in the mud or you can be the train in the groove heading towards the the horizon or that Jupiterian Aries kind of create something new, big bang into creation kind of energy. So we're holding ourselves accountable for how are we going to create this thing? We feel like a lot of excitement to create, but what are you going to do? How are you going to do it? Why is that important to you? Right. So a couple of days before the, the full moon, especially around the solstice, we're going to be feeling like, oh my gosh, I have so many new ideas. I have so much that I want to do. I have the energy kind of coming back in for it right now, but you might even go too far with it. So the, this Saturnian energy is saying, Hey, on a personal level, how are you going to actually make that happen? What's the plan? And what are some rewards you can give yourself along the way to make sure that you do, you can rely on yourself and you can, you know, be the, be reliable now to your future self and just Mm -hmm. all of those things. So the affirmation I have to really support this is I am unwavering in my faith. And if you say that and you don't feel it, then you can ask Mm -hmm. yourself why what's missing. And then you can do that kind of digging, which is another Capricornian thing to do. Dig in, do some ancestral, um, belief releasing because some of your beliefs may not be from you they may be inherited we did an ancestral healing episode a week or two ago so you'll be able to refer to that for help too um and another thing that is really interesting on this day and it's not something that i would talk about normally but as it's coinciding with a new moon is chiron another uh placement or it's it's actually a comet um, kind of more of along the lines of an, an energy as an asteroid, uh, but really prominent in the work that I do as an astrologer and the work that I bring into the forgotten storytellers with healing people, because Chiron in mythology is the wounded healer, but also the one who trained and mentored the heroes, right? Because you take what you know, and you give it to people so that they can heal other people. And it's this really great pay it forward kind of situation. Chiron has been retrograde, I actually pulled this up. Um, Luna software lets you do ephemeris or ephemerides, which is the uh, plural for ephemeris. And I was able to pull up when uh, Chiron went retrograde. And that's around the 19th or 20th of, um, of July. And so since then, we've been in this retrograde of healing ourselves, doing a lot of internal work, going through the wound and letting it kind of be in the oxygen and get that, that external healing kind of situation mm-hmm. of, of living with the open wound. Mm-hmm. But now on the same day as this uh, new moon on the 23rd, we have Chiron stationing direct. So especially if you have uh, anything in the degrees uh, between, let's see, where did this start? It's like 11 and 16 Aries. Let me get this for sure. Um, yeah, 11 degrees Aries and 16 degrees Aries. If you have placements there or square or opposite to those, so angular to that, mm-hmm. um, you may have felt this a little bit more than usual, or, you know, it may have been really prominent for you, or if Aries is prominent in your chart, if you have like a cardinal, uh, angles in your chart, you may notice that as well. That's moving direct. So the healing you've been doing, you get to now apply. You've done the healing. Now you're walking it, you know, you're living the life of the healed person. 
So Mm -hmm. it's very much in that whole wounded healer aspect. You were the wounded, now you're the healer. Yeah. Hope that makes sense. Especially since we were just talking about mentors and chaperones too. I feel like Chiron is that for our inner selves in such a route. Like that's our little hand holder. Yeah. And we've been a little bit um when Chiron's retrograde, just interpreting the energy in that sort of space. It's like, oh, now you got to try to walk on your own. How does that Mm -hmm. feel? Look at you fall over repeatedly. It's okay. Yeah. And then now pushing pushing off on the bike. But also like Mm -hmm. Chiron is um a centaur in mythology right right? and um i believe also works with archery i know that's also sagittarius but um so you i the image i get is someone teaching someone to shoot the bow by really Mm -hmm. like helping them angle it and you learn that by like getting hit by the strings on your own so like you know how to shoot the bow because you've gone through the blisters on your fingers and you've gone through the that pain on your arm when the string hits your forearm so like now you know you wear arm guards but you also have the skin built up to be able to do that and uh so that's when you can become the teacher of new archers little note on Chiron's mythology just in that um he's actually not particularly archeriness where he's associated okay. with archery is because he in order to free Prometheus he decided to get shot by the poison arrow that would poison mm-hmm. him forever Prometheus got let out and then they immortalized him as a constellation so he didn't have to continue to feel the pain for the rest of the time yeah yeah so. I, I couldn't remember I know like he trained Hercules and Achilles and all those things but I couldn't yeah. remember if I was I think I was crossing my Sagittarius with my Chiron yeah, if you think about it, Chiron's character is actually represented by Philatides in the Hercules, in Hercules. Um, Disney film. And yeah. so all of those he- heroes he mentions training, Chiron actually trained. Most yeah. of them, but that that was Chiron. And he is not a fawn. He's a centaur. Yeah. <laughs> Just fun little mythology aside. <laughs> yeah. So when you watch that now, you're going to be like, oh, this is Chiron. And you can actually get the feeling of Chiron. Also, it will never stop bothering me that they didn't name him Heracles. They named him Hercules. They used all of the Greek mythology, but used the Roman pronunciation and Roman ideology around yeah. his yeah. legend, which is frustrating. Unfortunate. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, like, yeah, it was just, I know it was the more common word or whatever. I get it from a marketing standpoint, but it would have been really cool if they named him Heracles. Yeah. Yeah. And so before, before we jump into the um, childhood healing, I do want to say there are a couple other transits this week. Um, You can jump into the astrology forecast video on our YouTube and check that out for more details, but Mercury is stationing retrograde uh, conjunct Venus on the 29th. And I'm I'm like bracing for everybody to get mad at me for that. It's not my fault. Don't shoot the messenger. (laughs) Get it? Cause Mercury. Just seriously though, it's not, it's not terrible, but one thing I have been telling people already, as we are already in the, the pre-shadow phase, which started on December 12th, uh, check your pipes in your basement because a leaky pipe might be a thing or, you know, get the, the undercarriage of your car checked out. Just those, those, um, connective things that are in the infrastructure of whatever it is that's important to you. Uh, it's a really good time for routine maintenance. Because if you do it now, then it doesn't blow up on you, which is rather nice. Uh, Because, you know, Mercury in retrograde, Mercury just just trined Uranus over the weekend. Uh, It was the Saturday before this episode released. So that's going to hit again while we're in retrograde. So that might have shown you like a surprise. That will be a bigger surprise if not addressed through the retrograde. The retrograde will last 
and until January 18th, that's when Mercury will station direct again. And it's also worth noting that those of you who have heard about and been frustrated by the Mars retrograde, Mercury is the ruler of that. So now we're going to have both of them retrograde. So this is the screaming kids on the field trip, right? Like the ones that you just can't manage because when you have one thing, one planet in retrograde, who's already kind of cranky, and then you have that chaperone deciding to be like, not a chaperone that day, you know, it's like the worst chaperone ever. Um, yes. Maybe that's, I don't know about Miss Frizzle, but it's, it's a little frizzly. Um, so just be aware that, you know, from, um, let's see, from December 29th through January 13th, really, we're going to have some, uh, some extra things to just be on top of, you know, just give yourself plenty of time, let yourself think things through. Don't try to be too impulsive. Um, if something breaks or falls apart, just let yourself know that that's okay. This is not a time to be holding yourself to a pass fail mentality because the world is not going to be, you know, in a, in a state of structure, right? So a lot of people like me tend to go into something and we're just like, this has to be right the first time. That's not exactly the the vibe we're going to be in. So this is a good time for When does it start again? Just for the listeners. On the 29th. The 29th. Yeah. Yeah. And also um, I cannot get off this nineties teachers as mentors situation in my brain. Like it just keeps adding like different chaperones on the list of like, who could be chaperones? Like now I'm onto like recess teachers, like how they had the one very hippie teacher who was like, whatever, challenge Mm -hmm. the man. And then the principal was all like militaristic. I don't know why my brain is not stuck on that. But now every time you talk about any sort of chaperone from Mercury retrograde, my brain's just gonna be like, which teacher is it from the 90s? (laughs) Apologies to all of the non 90s kids out there. But yeah, um, yeah, it's a lot like that. And again, the the principal, of course, is Saturn, Mm -hmm. who rules Capricorn where Mercury is. So if you like go to the the like dispositor of the dispositor, the ruler of the ruler, they're both answering back to Saturn. Mm -hmm. And that's like, that's where you have to go to find stability at this point. Thank goodness that's sort of Saturn's game. So really focusing on the end goal and not getting it perfect and pretty on the way there. Just give yourself time and space to get that done. Nice. Yeah. I I like to say like, if you're working on your uh, new year's resolutions and they don't work out right away, you're probably going to go through a couple of ways before you find the right way to make your light bulb. When it comes to your new year's resolution, you might try a couple different resolutions and see which one actually feels right to you. And then, especially after the, uh, the 18th of January, and especially at the end of January, I think on the 23rd, when all the planets are moving direct, you'll be able to say, okay, I got it figured out. Cause I tried it and I tested it. And now I know this is how I bake the good cookies as compared to the, the, you know, batches that didn't turn out right, but you had to have the batches that didn't turn out right to find the right recipe pretty sure most people's new year's resolution involves getting rid of cookies entirely i mean i make really good cookies that also feel good so maybe you try you know how to make good cookies that feel good and you find the right way to do that because it takes it takes finesse it does absolutely (laughs) awesome cool yeah so on that note um it's actually a really cool time to talk about inner inner child healing stuff because we are definitely being urged to incorporate a lot of the things that we used to be passionate about or used to feel very fun to us into our lives now after we have gone through this energy of very intense sort of healing grieving massive transformation period that was basically the last three years 
it is time to kind of reconnect with that space again, which is going to be very, very nice. So I think it's a very aptly timed topic for the energy we're going through. Not to mention, it's the holidays. If you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. This is the episode that comes out right before Christmas. <laughs> so um, sorry, um, a friend but, of mine, because yesterday... Um, from the time we're recording this when Hanukkah started I have a lot mm -hmm. of friends who celebrate very different things and I was like I know Hanukkah starts today the solstice is this week and Christmas is a week away so happy all the holidays he called wow. it um missileness like miscellaneous and I thought it was nice. really cute it looks better in writing um but he was just like Merry missileness <laughs> liked that so if anybody else wants to use that uh copyright Clifford Blow who is a sorcerer friend of mine yes that's awesome. I like that. Um, there's another one that combines all the words together. I forget what it is. Um, but yes, it is Happy Hanukkah. I'm pretty sure it's the last night of Hanukkah. No, not quite. It's really close. It's Hanukkah started on Sunday. So we're like in the middle of Hanukkah. Yeah. Um, when this yeah. when this episode we don't record it on the day that it premieres so that's why I'm like doing the math <laughs> in my like brain like, last night was the first night of Hanukkah and we went and celebrated that with friends which was really lovely um I don't personally celebrate so it was nice for our friends to invite us over and and do that which was really very pleasant and then um happy solstice we hope it was great for you and then now happy Christmas and then because <laughs> and then next episode we'll wish you happy new year so you don't get that from us yet <laughs> we're almost there um but yeah so merry christmas um happy holidays because i know that is this weekend and this is also a time to really focus on a lot of inner child healing because as fun and beautiful as christmas is for a lot of people it's also really painful as well for a lot of people and i think that duality and that like incorporation of both joy and probably old pain or maybe new pain or familial pain whatever kind of comes together with it and if it's just purely a joyful holiday for you that is amazing and wonderful i just don't think that's the rule i think that's the exception I think everyone has a mixed bag of feelings, whether it's you've lost loved ones recently and now you're sad about it, whether Christmas never was a great thing for you growing up and now you're trying to make the best of it. I mean, whether it didn't work out one year and I'm speaking to my own trauma on this one, whether it didn't work out one year and it was a really traumatic experience for you, um, whatever it is, this is a wonderful time for inner child healing as well. So one of the first things I always recommend um, when talking about inner child stuff, and I actually have a lot of passion around this area because I think whenever people are really working on developing their psychic abilities, which is obviously one of my main areas of expertise and interest that I help people with, we always kind of start with some inner child stuff because that was the person, the version of you that was the most connected to your psychic abilities mm -hmm. um, was when you were a little guy, <laughs> when you were just a little guy with no blocks from the world, <laughs> just hanging out. Um, and that is what we are essentially trying to open up and reconnect with in order to get better connected with our psychic abilities and even go beyond what we were when we were little kids, because we have a deeper understanding of the world. We aren't just receiving raw energetic information. Now we can actually interpret and understand the information that we're receiving. Um, but that is a huge part of inner child healing. And a lot of inner child healing, in my opinion, has to do with fun. Now it's important to note that your inner child is just one of the many aspects of yourself that you have cut off and left behind in order to grow. It is natural. It is part of the growing process. It's how you become an adult. It's also how our society kind of forces us to function. Um, so a lot of these principles that we're going to talk about with inner child healing can be applied to inner teenager healing, can be applied to inner 20s healing, can be applied to the you that had that job two jobs ago that you loved so much, but that you had to leave behind for better pay. All of those pieces of you that you've had to cut off and kind of leave behind can all be incorporated in their own unique ways. And a lot of that really just focuses on putting some of that energetic emphasis 
on thinking about who you were then. What was it like to be you then? And specifically for child, for children, one of the, my favorite techniques to recommend, take a minute. And I think it's a really lovely time, especially on the new moon to do this because it is very accountable. Um, and I, when you're talking about that energy, this kept popping up. I was like, oh, this is a totally alignment. I love it so much. Um, take a minute on the new moon is great. Whenever it feels good for you is also great. And just think about all the different things you wanted to be when you grew up. Mm for a kid, all the different things, whether that was a job or whether that was just happy or whether that was like, I wanted to just travel, um, or whether you wanted to be, you know, an astronaut ballerina chef in space, like whatever, if you wanted to be a tree, that's what my uncle wanted to be when he grew up. He was very determined to grow up into a tree, whatever it is, all the things, all the different stages you went through of things you wanted to be when you grew up. And I would take this to about when you turned 18, like what you wanted to be in high school, like dreaming we're going into the dreaming zone not the logic zone not when your school counselor sat you down and was like well these are the credits you have and this is like don't go there we're talking yeah. dreams like, get those feasible to be when you grow up no that's not it screw that noise if yeah. like right now for my kids lee changes what she wants to be when she grows up every other week. And I love that for her because I'm like, yes, dream big, dream that. My son has known what he wants to be from basically the time he was in kindergarten. He knows where he wants to do it. And that is him. And that is awesome too. So whether whatever kid you were like, that's totally fine. You just want to list those things out. The reason for this is once you have a list of those, it's very easy. And I highly recommend doing this and breaking it into parts. If you need to do something in your life that incorporates some part of what you wanted to be when you grew up, even mm -hmm. if you only do it one time, if you really wanted to be an actress on Broadway, right? Maybe you go to a Broadway show. Maybe you just turn on Broadway music from your favorite musical and you sing really loud while you clean the house. Just little incorporations of that energy. If you wanted to be an astronaut, you're like, oh, how am I going to go to space? Well, maybe you can't go to space, but maybe you can watch this documentary about space and really get, you know, in entrenched in that energy and wrapped around you. Maybe you want to do some astral projection to places you would have traveled if you could have been an astronaut. Mm -hmm. There's a million different ways you can incorporate it. It's going to kick your creativity into gear, which in and of itself is very childlike. Plus you're putting a focus on the you that dreamed of this. Plus you are now going to do something new and different to incorporate that energy in. All of those things are some of the most inherent themes of inner child work. Mm -hmm. Well, and, you know, taking it to a couple other things here, which I think is really cool. There's the practical side. And then there's the practical part of the, the impractical side, what you thought uh -huh. was impractical, but actually these days is more practical. So on the practical side, like if you wanted to be a singer, take some voice lessons, just right. get a couple so you can feel confident about yourself. I did this recently and it was very healing for my inner child because a lot of trauma came up about why I didn't feel like I could sing. Um, right. it was really cool. I'm singing all the time now, whether you like it or not. Um, my, my poor husband, who is also very supportive. Thank you, Dan. Um, but then on the impractical side, when I, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a fairy and I wanted to have magic. Guess what I am now, you guys, I'm a celestial mystic. So it's not like you can't have the things that sound crazy. And like, if you wanted to be a tree, you can meditate on being a tree. There, oh, that's so yeah. Taoist. I can't even understand it. Right. Like you can meditate on these traits or, uh, I know someone that wanted to be a unicorn when they grew up. Well, what about being the unicorn was appealing and you know, how can you embody that energy in your daily life? I actually know there's a mystery school out there. They take the four pillars, you know, like the North, mm -hmm. South, East and West, they embody those in unicorn energy. 
now this is like pre-70s unicorn, so it wasn't quite as uh, My Little Pony feeling at the time. It's that majestic kind of energy feeling. So think the last in- unicorn. You're the last unicorn. Yeah, think, exactly. think that energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can walk around your house and be that because just because you have a physical form doesn't mean that energetically you aren't or can't. We actually had a client once, remember, who was a dragon and realized it through the process of writing their book. And yeah. so you can you can recognize pieces of yourself that are very real, but just aren't in the tangible world and mm-hmm. still be those. And just contemplate on what that looks like and how pieces of that are part of your personality, especially thinking about this new moon. How is that incorporated into who you are? What pieces of the dragon come out when you're out and about in person with other people. Mm-hmm. There are going to be traits there that you can carry over. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and inner child healing requires you to do silly shit. I like can't express that enough. If it feels silly or like, I don't want you doing this. This is so weird. You're doing it right. Mm-hmm. Good job. You need to do silly stuff. It's fun. It's playful. It's goofy. It's the stuff. Okay. That is a huge raven that just landed right outside my window. Um, We don't usually get in my street, which is why I was like, well, that's funky. Sorry. Validation. We'll see who's trying to chat there. I also have a thing with Odin. I was going to say Odin. It depends. Sometimes it's um, Odin. Yes. Uh, That's what I was going to say. It's sometimes also Hecate. Feels very Hecate today. Yeah. Um, I also, it has been my dream since I was a little kid to adopt a baby Raven. So I think that's also kind of for me talking about inner child healing to have a baby Raven show. It's not a baby, but it's, it's very large, but like to have a Raven show up. Um, I've always had a bird thing, but I don't want to own like parakeets or parrots or something or anything like that. Like that's not into that. Mm -hmm. It's always been like a, a Raven energy. Basically, I just want all the outside critters in my home. (laughs) Hence why I have rabbits. (laughs) Here we are um just want to live in a woodland cottage and sing like snow white to the critters and that is me healing my inner child with my two bunnies um I actually do that with my corgis they they take uh, up most of my bed at night and I wake up every morning and I'm stretching and I'm surrounded by animals and it's wonderful right it's the best it's just the best I love it so much um one of the best things I ever did to heal my inner child speaking about animal stuff too is right after my abusive relationship I went to work at horse ranch and mm-hmm. if you can spend any time, like even if you just park on the side of the road for a minute and go walk up to a pasture with cows and just say hi to the cows, I cannot stress enough how incredibly healing it is to be next to large animals and understand the mm-hmm. gentleness that is there. Even if you weren't a horse girl, I was a massive horse girl. It just is reality for me. <laughs> um, but to me, obviously that healed my inner child, but just for so many people I know that have never necessarily been a horse girl or a big animal person to see them interact with large animals is so healing deeply to that inner child space that was like, it doesn't matter how small I am. I'm going to take on the world being next to that large animal. You get that feeling again, because you understand they're gentle and your little thing can move a big thing. And like, there's big energy there. So I do recommend that for, for inner child healing as well. Talking about the animal stuff. Yep. And going on Mm -hmm. a vacation, if you go to like a mountain or if you go on a retreat somewhere where you can just contemplate or be someone different for a second Mm -hmm. and really refresh that. I know, you know, I'm very fortunate that I had the opportunity to visit Egypt uh, in 2019. Mm -hmm. And I still think back to how I felt there and try to bring that into my, my lifestyle here. 
because I felt so much like the highest version of me when I was there. And I know it's possible, right? So you can go somewhere that will let you feel that energy so that when you go back home, you can remember how to embody it when you need to. Very much so. And that, you know, we acknowledge that that takes a lot of privilege and if it's financial stuff is tight right now, we're not saying you have to go take a vacation to heal your inner child, Mm -hmm. but that vacation can can quite literally be over. Yeah you can drive a little bit of ways and go do that. Or even it can be in a guided meditation or astral, or just like go like watch an in-depth, like drone footage of flying through Mm -hmm. the pyramids that in and of itself will give you some of that embodiment energy that you can really step into as well. It doesn't have to be that you physically have to go there. Um, And if you can, like, don't limit yourself either, you know, like put it out there that it would be great to do this and then do the Mm -hmm. things that feel like it now. And then eventually you might find the means arrange themselves to make it happen for yep. you. So don't say I can't because either. Um, I just want to make sure everybody gives themselves the highest and best. But again, those tiny things you can do in the middle. Remember the dad who had his his daughter in the laundry basket and did the roller coaster YouTube video so that she could ride a roller coaster. By the way, that roller coaster was actually five minutes from my old house. That was the twister at Knobles. Um you can do that. You can ride a roller coaster, even if it's in a laundry basket, watching a YouTube video, you can have it right now. And you can also have it in another way or uh, an evolved way later. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another really powerful inner, inner child healing technique. And this one is a little bit more common. You may have heard of it before, but I always take this into kind of a little bit of a different zone. I think, um, come up with a place that feels safe for you that you go to when you meditate. And when you visualize, of course, see, sense, hear, feel, no taste or smell. It's not required that you see this place, Um, but it is your safe place, whether that's a mountaintop or your old bedroom or your favorite place in the world or in a diner that, you know, is just really comforting to you. Like whatever that safe place is, um, go to that safe place and just invite your inner child in to sit and talk. And even if you don't hear anything from them, even if you don't feel any words, just having your inner child come in, like assess for a minute, like, what do they look like? How do you feel? Do you want to give them a hug or not? Um, Be the person you needed when you were that age. No one believes in you more than that kid does. Mm -hmm. No one ever will. That person, that child you were, you, no matter what, are their hero and did things they never dreamed you would. Mm -hmm. And that is cool. And so embracing that and allowing yourself that space is super duper powerful. There is also people out there um, where you can commission to do a portrait of you with your inner Mm -hmm. child. And if that feels aligned for you, I highly recommend doing that too. It's a really cool experience or even simply Photoshopping a picture of baby you next to a picture of grown you now. So yeah. you just have that there and you can see how far, like physically see how far you've grown is so immensely healing for that mm-hmm. inner child space. I actually know someone um, a couple of years back that I commissioned someone to do an aura portrait and they drew mm-hmm. my aura. Without ever having seen me, without knowing anything about me, they drew the energy they saw. And it was Mm -hmm. amazing to see that this is the energy that someone sees when they see not, when they're not, you know, um, when there are no spoilers to what my actual face or whatever looked like. And also thinking about it, you know, today we have so much access to stuff like this. Those AI generators are available. I do recommend if you can, then it would be awesome to commission an actual artist because they have honed their skills. You're helping them live their dreams. At the same time, there's some contention coming up with AI right now. And I don't want to disregard actual artists who can lean into the feeling of something and really express even more than an AI can. So, you know, wherever you're at, 
choose the the tool that works for you. And this is this um, AI situation is just so prepped for Saturn and Pisces that I can't even. <laughs> so I'm like really, really quick on that, just because I am an artist myself and I've done a lot of research into yeah. this in the past couple of days um, because I'm really upset about the situation. Mm -hmm. Essentially, AI generators can't do anything unless they're inputted material. And when mm -hmm. you if you want a certain art style, what has to happen is people have to scour the internet and take pictures from artists that have created that art style and then scan them into the AI generator. So then that art style can be replicated for your AI stuff. And that is art theft. Unfortunately, it's non-prosecutable art theft yeah. Um, yeah. because, and it's, it's really horrific because people who have spent 20 years developing a specific style that is uniquely their own have had that style taken and mass, mass produced. Um, without their consent in literally less than a month and it's with no credit that work is yeah. gone so um I am very adamantly I did that AI filter thing without understanding that a couple of weeks ago and now I'm very adamantly against that so that's my feels on the AR, I, AI situation that's why I said if you know if you can't get it commissioned just you can just collage it yourself you can mm -hmm. you can photoshop stuff yourself um, please support actual artists. It's their livelihood. And it's also something that is so unique and innate in our creative human experience that is again, getting suppressed. Mm -hmm. um, and that has been suppressed enough. Yeah. Um, that's again, my just like a story, story. you know, mm -hmm. we, we help people write stories that are energetically channeled. We believe in muses. We believe in divine inspiration that comes with art. The AI is going to make something pretty, but it's not going to have the soul to it that yeah. an artist is going to give it because there's mm -hmm. such this beautiful exchange of energy that goes yeah. into commissioning art or and with a creator of art and just helping the world in that way. Yeah. Exactly. So that's my two cents on the AI thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's very unethical and there's no regulation to it and it's going to destroy some people's lives, which sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's one of the reasons I chose not to do the AI. I thought they were really pretty and cool, but it felt unaligned from the start with that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And again, I have no artistic talent. So I was, mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, that's really pretty. And since I can't, would I? But then I thought, no, because there are people on Fiverr that I could yeah. do it. And it's so affordable and so meaningful to them. Uh, so I yeah. recommend it. Me too. Absolutely. So anyway, yeah, two cents there. Um, at the end of the day, even simply acknowledging your inner child by just saying like, hey, I know you're there and I love you now. Um, even if you don't feel like you fully are there and you fully love that inner child, that's okay. Hand over your heart. Just, I love you now. Thank you for supporting us to get here. Just saying that in and of itself is going to make a huge progress in your inner inner child healing journey. And at the end of the day, the more fun you have, the more silliness you incorporate, the more your inner child is going to heal. Yeah. Because the more you're going to be in alignment which is exactly what the inner child knew and needs at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And if anything ever feels like a chore or feels like um, a burden to do, pause, switch it up. Mm -hmm. Oh, how can I make this more fun? What other techniques can I do that seem more exciting and more fun right now? I need to not focus on this energy thing. I'll focus on that energy instead because that feels mm -hmm. better to me. That is okay. You have permission. We're giving it to you now. <laughs> a great movie to watch to understand this is Rise of the Guardians. Which it's the mm -hmm. right time of year for it too, because you have, there's a line in it that says, we're going to have a little fun instead mm -hmm. that I hope it's not a spoiler, but I hope it entices you to watch that movie. Cause it is a really good movie. Um, my phone just went off. So everybody should probably watch it. Um, uh, but it's a really great piece of art that will show you what we're talking about with inner child healing on so many levels. 
even just consuming the media that was your favorite when you were a kid yeah. watch your favorite disney movie um mm-hmm. you know like let that play for you and mm-hmm. you alone and be like oh yeah little me loved this like i it's not my favorite disney movie now by any means but i wore out three different vhr vhs tapes of beauty and the beast oh yeah completely worn out i watched them so many times on repeat so whenever i am feeling and go figure now all i want is a library of my own (laughs) foreshadowing i think we Um, all get that yeah yeah but and to this day i still think it's a really beautiful story of two outcasts understanding each other and that's a lot of what i do so it makes again a lot of sense but that's the kind of insight you gleam when you kind of go back and watch those favorite things Mm -hmm. really reconnect but anyway Thank you all for listening. We are kind of getting short on time anyway. And oh, I yeah. knew this would wow. be super channel-y. <laughs> it was super channel-y. The last um, time I looked at the clock, it was like 30 minutes ago and it feels like it's been two. So hopefully right? this was helpful for everybody. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And if you guys want us to elaborate or you know talk more on it, by all means, please let us know. You can comment on YouTube. You can shoot us an email about it. We'll absolutely go further on, on this topic. Um, if you're a member of our Patreon, please go ahead and comment on, under the Q&A section or anywhere in there, either questions you have or other topics you'd like. We've gotten a couple topics lately of like, hey, can you vote on, can we put this on the next voting poll? Yes. Yes, we can. So if you have a topic you want us to discuss, by all means, please throw it into the Patreon. We would love to discuss it and bring it up on the podcast here. And we have some really fun ideas for guests coming up in the future too, mm-hmm. which we're really stoked on for this new year um, and kind of incorporating that now that we have some more availability in our schedules. Yep. And if you are an artist specifically in the fiction story realm, once again, feel free to send your pitch to us. It's super easy. We made a form so you don't have to worry about the whole pitch format uh, stuff. That's not a factor. Um, And then you'll, you know, if your pitch is aligned, we'll, we'll actually reach out and talk to you and see how it goes. Also, if you are a cover artist um, yes. for book covers, please reach out to us. We would love to chat with you about mm-hmm. the work that you do and how we might be able to emphasize your art and work together on some projects we have going mm-hmm. forward. Um, yep. Or if you work in any part of the book publishing process, yes. we would love like to hear from you. Formatters, editors, proofreaders, yeah. beta readers, please reach out to us. We would love to chat with you about some stuff. Yep. Um especially since you know us and know our community and know what we do, it would be really cool to work with you on some projects. So Mm -hmm. just going to throw that out there. as a little call to action. Yes. Um, Yes, please. And if you know someone, if it's not you, but you know someone, please uh, help that connection, foster that connection because we're looking to do something pretty cool. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, happy Christmas, Sika. Happy Miss, 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 Miss um we love you and appreciate you and we hope that you take all this energy and oh chris what? chris mcquanzica chris mcquanzica that's what it was that's what like it was there's a word go make some chris mcquanzica um but yeah that's that's the word you were searching for i just got it thank you sorry appreciate you okay and you <laughs> go, go make some magic, some magic. <laughs> i don't know how that was i have no idea it's fine thanks guys <laughs>